San Diego's talk radio leader, 760 KFMB presents It's Your Money and Your Life. For the next hour, Richard Musio and Joe Vecchio will educate and inform you on matters related to your financial future, your life, and your leisure. Now, with It's Your Money and Your Life, here are Richard and Joe. All right, good evening, everyone. My name is Joe Vecchio, your co-host, announcer, and producer. Coming to you from KFMB Studios with 50,000 watts of power. We're heard not just in San Diego County, but Orange County, L.A. County, up the coast of Seattle on a good night, down to Cabo, out to the desert. If you download the app for 760 KFMB, you can hear this show on TuneIn Radio or on the app for 760 KFMB. Uh, as it airs on any device. And, of course, all these podcasts are commercial-free on iymoney.com. Now, I usually try to introduce the main man of the hour, who's a CPA extraordinaire, an accomplished marathon runner, a philanthropist, a lecturer, an author, and a family office expert advising several high-net-worth families, but Richard Musio. But Richard has a, a previous engagement and cannot be here tonight, so it's just going to be me and the, three, the two guests and actually a third person, Justin Hart, our board operator, uh, in the studio here for this particular show. So tonight's show is all about cannabis, the cannabis industry, and hemp, which I believe, uh, I'm told, that might be even a larger industry than the cannabis industry. And we have two esteemed experts on the subject. We have the executive director of the Association for Cannabis Professionals, or of Cannabis Professionals. His name is Dallin Young. Dallin, welcome back. Thank you so much, Joe. Awesome to be back here. Yeah, terrific. And uh, on your, from your board and uh, expert in the hemp space, uh, he is with HempTechGlobal.com, and his name is Dion Markgraf. Dion, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Did I, uh, did I uh, say your name correctly? Yeah. Okay. Mark, how do you say it? Markgraf? Markgraf, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Terrific. Well, um, for the benefit of our listeners, why don't we get a little bit of background information on both of you, and why don't we start with Dion, uh, excuse me, with uh, Dallin, and uh, tell us, like, born and raised in education, and then uh, your, I know you had a great political career, still do, um, and give us, like, the whole three-minute Reader's Digest of your life. Go. Three minutes. Okay, <laughs> here we go. Um, Whatever. Take your time. Take <laughs> yeah. your time. No rush. So, um, yeah, so born and raised in Sacramento, or around Sacramento in Orangevale, California, um, kind of a suburb of Sacramento. Um, grew up there, moved down to San Diego when I was about 20 years old, went to uh, San Diego State University, um, studied history there, actually. Um, once I graduated, um, I was always really interested in, in, po- in politics, and so I, um, I jumped onto a, a, my first campaign in 2012 um, for Matt Kostrinsky for city council. Um, after that one, just kind of got shipped all over the place throughout the state, um, done a lot of other candidate um, campaigns, um, issue campaigns, tax measures. Um, but uh, after I did the uh, Scott Peters for Congress campaign in 2014, um, once I got out of that one, I kind of wanted to get out of politics for a little bit and um, contacted a few people that were doing some work in the um, cannabis space for regulations and all that. But you did more than the uh, Scott Peters campaign. Tell us some. Yeah. You, tell us uh, some of your other roles because you, uh, you know, uh-huh. you you did a lot of great work. Yeah. So uh, Scott Peters was one I did in, for, in 2014. Before that, I did the Nathan. Pl- Pl- but now, what role did you have with Scott? Oh, I was the field director. The field, field director on that one. We had one of the largest field teams in the nation. Big uh, job. So you're in charge yeah. of all the volunteers, or you know, what did the field director yeah. do? Uh, ooh, um, everything that nobody else wants <laughs> everything to do. except sleep <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty much um, no so you're in charge of like um, all the messaging that goes out to all of the voters um, getting people in and out um, arranging all the phone calls dealing with all the volunteers all of your staff um, basically you have three different arms in campaigns you have your commu- your comms that deals more with like press and media 
Um, you have your fundraising, and then field is pretty much everything else. So mm-hmm. um, anybody that comes to your door or calls you on the phone or organizes a rally, those are what we deal with on the field side. So you're in charge of all the collateral and the signage and, and everything, Yep, right? getting signs in and out. Yep, yep, exactly, all that. Keeping yeah. track of all the data, yeah. That's, yeah, that's what we do. So that was with Scott, and then what other campaigns did you work on? Um, Nathan Fletcher for mayor in 2013, Lorena Gonzalez for state assembly in 2013. Field, um, field director of both of Field those? directed on all those ones. Um, wow. I was a campaign manager for a city council campaign up in Sacramento for Alan Warren for District 2. Mm. Um, campaign manager for um, Yes on W in Rialto, California, um, right outside of Riverside. Um, and then in 2016, um, we, I did the field consulting for Barbara Bree for um, city council. Um, I was the general consultant for Corey Schumacher for um, city council in Carlsbad. Also, um, who, is, who is now running for mayor, by the way. Now running for mayor, yeah. yep. Mm-hmm. Um, also did the um, the field for the No on Measure A campaign up in Carlsbad as well. So um, I think overall I have about, uh, oh, right now, about t- uh, in between 20 and 30 campaigns under my belt. Wow. Yeah. So, which is why I could see you wanted to just start an organization and be, yep. and stay put in one location for, all, for, it's, for a it's while. It's much nicer, <laughs> yes, yes. So what inspired you to uh, to uh, launch this uh, Association of Cannabis Professionals, and when did it launch? Yeah, so um, I, didn't, I didn't necessarily launch it. Um, it started, it was another group um, before it became the Association of Cannabis Professionals. Um, it changed to the, can- the Association of Cannabis Professionals in 2013, mm-hmm. um, and they were responsible for doing a lot of the, um, the outreach, lobbying, advocacy work in San Diego County. So um, they were really um, heavily involved in the city of San Diego's regulations uh, um, for retail and putting, mm-hmm. helping with that ordinance. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also run a couple initiatives in 2014, um, didn't, qu- weren't quite successful then, but, um, in 2016, we actually were able to pass, um, uh, measure, uh, measure U in, or I think measure U in La Mesa and measure V in, in Lemon Grove. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically at that time with those ones, there were only three cities in the entire County with any types of uh, mar- marijuana regulations, mm-hmm. um, other than bans. Um, and that was because of the work of the Association of Cannabis Professionals. Yeah. Now, you became a 501c6, six, which, yeah. uh, which allows you to, to lobby and do all kinds of things that a 501c3 mm-hmm. cannot do, right? Correct, yep. Which Endorsements, is, all that stuff, yes. Gotcha. So um, anyway, CannabisProfessionals.org is your website. You've got a great board. You've got a great location. They're in Symphony Towers, folks, a very legitimate local location, and, and uh, they're doing great work. So you run around, I guess there's 18 cities in San Diego, uh, yeah. and, and you know, within the county of San Diego, including the city. Now, the city's approved pretty much everything, right, as far as uh, dispensaries and, and manufacture and cultivation, right? Yeah, the city of San Diego has. They're, they're a lot more progressive, I guess, on, on, um, per scale. Um, in regards to just kind of all the different retail locations they have available. I mean, they were the first in the county to be, um, out, well, outside of the unincorporated areas. There were some retail locations that started up there a little bit for, uh, before that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple things that they're missing, but overall, um, you know, it's a great start. Um, we're the first, um, uh, first municipality in the entire county to go adult use. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they have a, a, it's a pretty dynamic, thriving market as, um, you know, as, as far as we can right now. Now, uh, the cities of Los Angeles and San Francisco, somehow they did not get all their paperwork in with the mm-hmm. state uh, prior to January 1. San Diego was the industry leader on this, right? Correct, yeah. I mean, if you look at any other municipality throughout the state, um, San Diego has, I think, 14 um, retail uh, retail locations operating right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so per in, in municipality, that's the most, um, to my knowledge, in any other jurisdiction in the, in the country. Mm-hmm. Or so, so L.A. and San Fran, don't have, they don't have uh, dispensaries right now? 
They don't have dispensaries right now, San Fran and... Uh, no, they do. Yeah, they do. But uh, that's a reflection of uh, Dallin and the group's work. I mean, you know, directly, direct action, and they're largely responsible for that. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, yeah. well, terrific. So I know, uh, so you mentioned Lemon... So San Diego City proper is on board, uh, and which other jurisdictions in San Diego County are? Mm-hmm. Which so, one? Lemon Grove? Lemon Grove, La Mesa, per November of 2016, and as of about a few weeks ago, Chula Vista actually passed um, their ordinance, and so there, I mean, there's still a couple steps that need to be uh, that need to be um, completed before that all comes online, mm-hmm. um, but they did vote on that one, and it did pass per, um, from the council, so we're, they're going to be moving forward there. And the city's making some pretty good tax revenue off of this, I take it, huh? Yes, the city of San Diego, I think made, oh, I think it was three hundred fifty-eight thousand, like around there, give or take maybe ten thousand. Um, yeah, in the first month, and just in the, wow. in the in the month of January alone. Wow. So they're on pace to do very well um, yeah. as, as contributors to the city's uh, tax revenue. Yeah, and of course the state takes a chunk as well. Or, or I guess the state. No, that's this is just don't? for city tax. Yeah, right. there's additional they have to pay to the state. This right. is just for the city. Right, but I'm saying there is there is the state gets some revenue off this as oh, well. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So I guess the projection is, uh, what are the uh, like twenty two billion in in uh, re- in revenue for the state of California coming up by like twenty twenty one or something like that? Or um, uh, you know, I, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head. There's so many numbers that get thrown around on this. Um, you know, I, I, yeah. there could be a lot more when more cities come online because there's only about. 30% or so of this of the state that has any you know type of regulations. You know who will know, the, uh, the deputy treasurer of the state of California, who's coming yes. to your meeting, which we will talk about when we come back from our break. We're going to come back and talk more with Dallin Young with the Association of Cannabis Professionals and Dan Markraft with the hemp industry. So stay tuned. All right, Justin, nice selection, Green Acres. We're talking with uh, Dallin Young and Dion Margraff with the hemp industry. Uh, let's go over to Dion for this segment. And um, well, actually, I did want to plug when I mentioned the deputy, the deputy treasurer of the state of California, Tim Schaefer, will be coming down for your monthly meeting, Dallin, on the, for the association on the uh, the third Wednesday of the month, as all meetings are the third Wednesday of the month. It'll be at uh, reception six. The meeting starts at seven. There, uh, this one will be at the Stone Brewing Company, Liberty Station which uh, I, I guess I helped to get because we had Greg Cook on the show, and, and they're very supportive of your organization. Yes. And um, so there you have it. So Tim Schaefer, and, and we can ask him those questions at, uh, uh, about uh, future projections. Yes. Speaking of future projections, we have Dion Margraff here who does want to talk about economics in, in the hemp industry and, and related matters. But Dion, uh, tell us a little bit about your background, born and raised where, and, and how you migrated into this specialty. Uh, well, actually I was born in Africa, but, uh, migrated here when I was young and I grew up in San Diego. Really? Like South Africa or where? Uh, Zimbabwe. Wow. How about yeah. that? Did, yeah. know, did you know that, Dallin? I, I did not know that either. Uh, <laughs> I did not know that. that. I'm a I foreigner. <laughs> uh, but I grew up here. Um, I went to San Diego State, uh, and did my senior thesis in political science and in history using cannabis as a subject, um, you know, try to prove some theories or reinforce some theories. Really? And then uh, after college, I went to, uh, well, when I was doing the research, I I found out about this, you know, the Netherlands and Amsterdam and how they were going against the tide of the war on drugs. Mm-hmm. And so after college, I went there and, of course, saw the coffee shops. Mm-hmm. But I quickly found out no one knew anything about cannabis. 
not the medical uses, not the industrial uses, nothing. Mm -hmm. So I started to get into that and I opened the first uh, hemp store in Europe in 1993. Really? Where was that? In Amsterdam. How about that? It was called the CIA Cannabis in Amsterdam (laughs) and it was a rip off of the CIA logo. I love it. Do you have any of that left? Any of your your paraphernalia with the logo and everything? Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Let's get some shirt. We got to sell those at the uh, Earth Fair for gosh sake. Let's break the out it was world <laughs> world famous I, I i helped start the uh high times cannabis cup it started in my shop how about that um and i did a lot of things there i started the cannabis college that's been there for 20 years or whatever open every day and, le- and let's enlighten our listeners hemp has been around for centuries right i mean i, I didn't we grow it in the colonial times and uh, and we used it for clothing and all sorts of things and give us a little uh, historical sketch well, it is all of history. I mean, uh, all throughout uh, civilization as we know it has been coincided with the use of hemp. You could actually probably argue that the beginning of growing hemp was the beginning of civilization. Hmm. And it was originally uh, used for ropes that were used for horses mainly. Wow. And that whole uh, sort of Scythian, that's how it became it was the in the heart of trade and it was so useful is it in the bible i I haven't read it but is it in the bible (laughs) yes it is actually the the holy oil uh to me to be christian means to be anointed by the holy oil and the holy oil the recipe is in the bible and it calls for three kilos of cannabis for four to seven liters of olive oil and moses got this recipe from god uh, on the top of uh, Mount Sinai from the burning bush. And, wow, I'm going to throw uh, down my tablets. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's almost no part of history that doesn't coincide with ca- uh, cannabis hemp in one way or another. It was the most useful plant, so, you know. And people have to realize hemp does not have much of a, uh, of, uh, you, know, you don't smoke hemp, right? I mean, uh, well, technically, uh, you can these days because, as we've discovered, uh, CBD is in hemp and is uh, very useful. So that is technically not correct, but no, you're but not I mean, going to get high. I from mean, it's hemp. not that psychoactive, is my point. Yeah, but, the, uh, but kids, kids don't go smoking hemp. Okay, it's yeah. not going to do anything <laughs> for you. <laughs> but CBD's in there, so I mean, there you can get because CBD is uh, very useful. And uh, so, yeah, there's a phenomenon going on all over Europe where now people are making uh, cigarettes with hemp flowers Mm. that have uh, just for the uh, CBD effects, you know. Well, I mean, for the record, I mean, I I don't... I don't think putting any kind of smoke in our lungs is a good idea, but I know they have the vaping now. They say that may be a, a, a little safer and whatnot. But um, but I'm with you. I, we've, we've had Dr. Sanjay Gupta on this show uh, recently, and uh, he's got his fourth documentary coming out. It should be out this month. On, 420. Yeah, uh, on CNN. And, uh, of course, I, I think he's done more to, to, to change people's opinions. And, of course, the majority of the country now, including – what both parties uh and there's a majority now that that uh, believe in the legalization or decriminalization and 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 pursuing this for for medical and health purposes and, and uh, as well right yeah it's the uh biggest political winner these days i mean you have to really search for people that are are against especially using it medically mm-hmm. but you know the big story is the economics yeah this is the biggest economic revolution 
in, you know, or one of them in the history of our world. And how do you mean? Well, we have this huge underground number one cash crop in California being illegal Mm -hmm. going to legal. Mm -hmm. You know, it means lots of jobs. It means, uh, you know, a whole big shift. And then we're not even equating yet, which is the big thing, is hemp. Right. You know, hemp can be everything. You know, houses, plastic, just about everything. Well, even Senator Mitch McConnell recently is pushing for uh, hemp legalization in Kentucky, of all places, which kind of blew my mind. He's, he, he was the last person I thought would be a, a hemp advocate, but um, you, well, that, you saw that, right? Yeah, that's a perfect example. I mean, it, it, it's good for the farmers. It's good for the economy. And Kentucky, their whole economy has gone downhill with uh, tobacco leaving mm-hmm. the country. Mm-hmm. And hemp is you know, a cash crop that the farmers love. It's very useful. It's, it's, uh, easy on the planet. It's easy on the soil. A crop after hemp does 27% better. You know, it naturally kills weeds and has been used as a a rotation crop throughout time. And you can use it, uh, hemp for a a multitude of products, uh, right? I mean, what were you selling in your store in, uh, in the Netherlands? Were you selling shirts and clothing? Yeah, uh, it was just the beginning, but yeah, the Clothing, seeds uh, for eating. Hemp seeds are the best source of protein, the best food source, Hmm. the best source for essential fatty acids. You can buy those in Trader Joe's right now. They're in your mix with your chia seeds and everything else. I've Did you know that? Yeah, they're selling hemp seeds. Mm -hmm. I saw one there the other day. Hemp (laughs) milk, hemp burgers, hemp bread. Uh, Hmm. You know, there's, again, it's... And it's the best. Not We're not like saying it's just good. It's the best source of protein, the best oh. source of these fatty acids. So, you know, the whole excuse of not using hemp, it was, uh, nope. you know, because of the the drug use. Yeah. And now that that hopefully has gone away. Oh, it's ridiculous. Because, I mean, uh, like I said, you, you, you know, smoking hemp, it's, there's no very little psychoactive or none at all. Uh, but uh, somehow it got swept up in the reefer madness craziness of the, of the uh, post-prohibition. And um, I wonder if, uh, I mean, I wonder, I wonder if like the, the uh, alcohol industry is somehow, you know, attacking the, the cannabis industry because of looking at its competition. I don't know. But we're going to get into like uh, hempcrete and tell us about the, you know, the different uses. Uh, somebody told me Mercedes Benz even made an auto body out of hemp back in the, the 30s or 40s or something like that. But uh, right? Henry Ford, yeah, in the oh, 30s. But almost every car today is made with hemp. Uh, really? Ford, Mercedes, they all use it for car panel doors because they're lighter and stronger. Huh. The new BMW 3 electric car class is 100% hemp, and it's 800 pounds lighter than the competition. Is that right? BMW made a—the body is entirely out of hemp? Yeah, right oh, today. I did not know that. Yeah. Did you know that, Dallin? I did not. Yeah, <laughs> in fact, I, ho- I, want, I want to have them at Earth Day. It's, it's one of many things we hope to display yeah. at Earth Day in our cannabis village. And, uh, of course, uh, building materials, uh, hempcrete, they're making homes out of uh, hemp, hemp bricks, right? Or, yeah, I, I helped in the last year, uh, for Earth Day last year at the Cannabis Village, I built the world's first uh, tiny house really? on a trailer wow. uh, uh, made out of hemp. All right, pause it right there. We're going to come back with Dion Margraff, uh, industry um, uh, expert about hemp, and also Dallin Young with the Association of Cannabis Professionals right after this. Hang on. All right. 
we're back with Dion Margraff and Dallin Young, industry experts in cannabis and, and hemp. Um, but Dion, what else uh, did we not cover before the break there? Um, uh, I know we're talking about construction, and, yeah. and, and you're saying entire homes are being built with uh, hemp hemp uh, bricks. Uh, yeah, it's like a, a cement type uh, insulation. Mm-hmm. And so basically I made this trailer last year, which got a little bit of the ball rolling here, and I recruited the best company in the world, or one of them, to move to San Diego. And they've been building hemp houses for 10 years all over America and Canada and wow. a little bit in Mexico. Hmm. And now we're uh, building from here in San Diego tiny houses that we'll have on display at Earth Day coming now, up at Cannabis Village. Now, clothing. Uh, is that, You see an increase in uh, the use of hemp in clothing? Oh, for sure, because uh, cotton's one of the most polluting plants and uses a lot of water. So the difference between a hemp T-shirt and a cotton T-shirt is 300 gallons per T-shirt. Whoa. And here in California, we grow a million acres of cotton, and it's 90% is exported. And it's a very difficult plant, and something like a third of all chemicals go into the cotton um, process, whereas hemp, you're not using, uh, you know, pesticides and herbicides. Wow. So hemp doesn't really require much of that, you're saying? Because it's so robust? Or? Yeah, virtually none. Uh, it just needs good, healthy soil and water. And, you know, it grows so fast, it outcompetes weeds and problems yeah. and actually cleans the field. Now, we had David and Michael Bronner on here from Dr. Bronner's Magic Soaps, and they use, I believe, hemp oil um, yeah. in their soaps, which is uh, all natural organic. Um I believe one of them said it was it, it, it was illegal to grow hemp in the United States. Now, has that changed since they've been on this show? Uh, it's been changing, but it still is illegal. But there's a, an exception right now to, for experimental uses. Hmm. And that's this new legislation that uh, Mitch McConnell's introducing will change that and legalize the plant for okay. these industrial The only purposes. thing I could think of, there must be other industry forces that are countervailing or attacking this uh, because they it might be infringing on their financial interests. Uh, you think that's a possibility? Or? Oh, for sure. I mean, that's Always. how it is, is in all businesses. You mm-hmm. know, every, you know, it's like uh, competing issues. And I'll give I, you, I'll give you a good for instance. Uh, I, I recall that there were two researchers in Australia back in the in the 80s, who did, you remember ulcers? We used to, people were taking antacids for ulcers. Everyone thought uh, Tums and that, you know, that would cure their ulcers or keep them at bay. These two guys discovered that it was really an antibiotic, it was an H, uh, a bacteria, an H. pylori uh, bacteria. And they discovered that uh, you could, if you treat with an antibiotic, you can cure your, your ulcer. They went out with their wives that night. They said, we got the Nobel Prize in the bag. Da, da, da. Guess what? There was a $3.2 billion industry of antacids, and uh, they, they weren't accepted in the medical field. Took a, took a whole generation to die off. They finally got their Nobel Prize. I think it was 2005. So, um, I, I, you know, they, obviously they had, they had some competing, um, uh, some comp- financial competition, which is unfortunate because, you know, it, it, we don't get to the truth as fast as, uh, as we would like to. But Well, hey, that's why we're in the situation where you have yes. to consider our taxpayers' money for all this time has gone towards the government to explicitly not be allowed to say anything positive about cannabis. Yeah. You know, the NIDA, the National Institute on Drug abuse mm-hmm. is 
required by law (laughs) to uh, speak negatively about cannabis. Really? And they had a a hearing about CBD, for example, and they were saying all the great uh, things it could do, and they were saying, we're not even legally allowed to tell you this. That's how weird our whole situation has become, you know, because it's been manipulated manipulated by economic interests. Well, now you remind me of the, there's a documentary about Tommy Chong. Remember Cheech and Chong, of course? Uh, of course. Well, Tommy went to prison. Why? Because he took the fall for his son, who was actually in a set up, he was entrapped by the DEA to sell uh, water pipes across state lines. He did not want to sell them. Uh, there was a front organization for the DEA that finally, they kept haranguing him, please send us, uh, they were like or making a big order. And he finally relented and sold and sold him. And the next thing you know, there's a SWAT team on his father's house, and uh, and he went and he went to jail for that. But there's a very compelling documentary called AKA Tommy Chong, and uh, it, it's out there, and I highly commend it. And maybe we'll do an ACP screening of that. What do you say, Dallin? Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I think we yeah. should we should do that. Well, let's plug the uh, the Earth Fair here. You guys got coming up. Of uh, there's uh, you guys are going to have your Canna Village again. Cannabis or Village. Cannabis yes. Village. Mm-hmm. Tell us yeah. about that, when, where, et cetera. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, so this is the second year that we've done it. Last year um, was the first year. Um, we started with a, a pretty small but, you know, modest-sized footprint there just to kind of see how it would go. Um, it was phenomenal. It was I thought it was a pretty big event, actually. I mean, it was right yeah. by the Hall of Champions. You had a mm-hmm. huge stage. You had a yeah. lot of great music being played throughout the day. Yes, yeah. Um, awesome bands, awesome speakers were all there. Um, it was it was honestly just a, a magical event, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a much different um, a, event than you know other, I guess, I guess cannabis type village. It's, it's mm-hmm. a little bit different than high times um, in, in in a lot of regards, and that this is a lot more family oriented. It's free to the public. It's mm-hmm. an educational event. Um, it's all there to highlight sustainability and all the different types of uses that cannabis and hemp can bring to our communities. Yeah. So you know, it's no consumption there, no selling of any THC products. It's educational and it's there for the community and just once again just to demonstrate how we can all work together to make this a better planet. Yeah. So it's called the Cannabis Village at Earth Fair. It's right by the Hall of Champions again, if it is still called the Hall of Champions, I don't know, but that's where it is, down on that end of the park. And you're getting about 57 vendors, a lot of speakers. 67. 67. Mm-hmm. UCSD is bringing their uh, research team on marijuana, which is cool. And some very cool speakers, former NFL great uh, Ricky Williams is going to be speaking there, how cannabis helped him in his, his pain control and, and treatment. And Dolores Huerta, co-founder of the, the UFW with Cesar Chavez. She's 88 years young. She'll be there. Legend. And, yes. and, uh, and a lot of great music, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, we're going to up on our break right now, but we are going to come back with Dion Margraf with the Hemp Industry and also Dion, or excuse me, Dallin Young with the Association of Cannabis Professionals right after this. Hang on. It's the long arm of the law coming for us. <laughs> we're back. We're back with Dallin Young and Dean Margraf, uh, cannabis and hemp experts and industry experts and uh, all around good guys. So um, while we're talking about Earth Fair and, and the Cannabis Village, there, I just want to remind people it'll be eight, Sunday, April 22. Starts at 10 a.m. Your poster says it ends at 4:20, but another one says till five. So whatever. <laughs> well, uh, ours uh, ends at 4:20. Okay. Yeah. You're allowed to mentally check out. <laughs> the rest of the day, you're you know, it's all about learning. Uh, hey, let's give some shameless plugs to your to your sponsors here. Outco, great organization. Uh, of course, we've had Link on the show. Lincoln Fish, he's the CEO, and they're based out of El Cajon. Has a great uh, a great operation out there. 
Dr. Bronner's. Uh, yeah, Dr. Bronner's is a great sponsor. Yeah. Uh, Urban Leaf, of course. Culture Magazine, I see here. Sensi Magazine. Uh, what else do we have here? San Diego. Treehouse at Balboa. Tree, what is that? Treehouse at Balboa. It's uh, another retail location. Oh, really? Did not know that. Was that relative- and a couple of interesting ones are uh, the Santa packaging that's hemp plastic. Really? So we're going to be debuting them there at the event. Hey, let me ask you, is that biodegradable hemp? I mean, um, if it goes in the ocean, it's okay? Yeah. Yeah, it's all natural. Oh, my gosh. We got to make straws and, and cups out of this stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, um, I, I recently saw some, um, the BBC did it. I, I wish our media would cover it more, but the 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 amount of plastic in the oceans if you ever see a, and hemp is the solution. Yeah. And it's oh my it's gosh. the better, stronger, biodegradable and another uh, interesting um, gentleman's wow. coming, the, one of the largest hemp farmers in America from Colorado. He has a traveling bus um, that he brings around, and he's toured the whole country. He's toured mm-hmm. Europe. Uh, his name's Rick Trojan, mm-hmm. and he's got a hemp roadshow, and it's really interesting, and he's got this you know, saga going on. So there's going to be all kinds of experts there. Yeah, the, the booths are really cool. I mean, you can learn a lot of information. But you're saying there are you can make uh, a cup drinking vessels out of hemp and oh, they're yeah. biodegradable. Oh Definitely. my gosh! Yeah, I mean, there's the, nothing you can't make hemp out of. I mean, well, it, it's basically it's a raw material that is good for everything. Well, that's. I mean, if there's one takeaway from this show, folks, I mean, that could be a, a real large industry changer. And um, Yeah, that's like the two big things we're trying to feature at Earth Day is the hemp construction and the hemp plastic. Yeah. You know, those are the two of the biggest issues on our planet. You know, uh, plastic straws, I, I, I just saw a film or something. I mean, three busloads of straws a day are, like, tossed into the ocean, and it's, uh, it's absolutely um, disgusting. You know? And, you know, when those plastics break down, they get they turn into toxic little tiny. Sure, you know, might. they attract yeah. chemicals, and they break down and, and get into our whole system. Our whole maritime, mm-hmm. our whole seafood supply, so which, is, uh, which needs help. But, uh, well, this is, to me, it's encouraging. We got to get those Parkland students on this. They get they're getting stuff done for God's sakes. <laughs> Actually, we we have a a student group will be represented at Earth Day. They're from the L.A. Trek, uh, Trade Tech School, and really? uh, and they're really big advocates. And you know they're reaching out to the student population because again, this is the economics. This is the biggest revolution in the history of the world, and we're talking jobs, yeah. money. And we need to change society. You know, things yeah. are going into the toilet quickly. Yeah. Well, this this yeah, is a couple, couple of things on, on there to highlight too. Just other products. So anything made out of petroleum and oils and everything like that can also be um, substituted with hemp and hemp oil. So even really makeup. Yeah. Um, yeah, makeup. Now wait a Now goes now, now, now oil goes. You know, a barrel of oil, half of it goes into your, you know, becomes gasoline, but the mm-hmm. other half goes into product, lipsticks and yes. and um, and all kinds of things, fertilizers. So hemp can be made into. Fer- how, how about asphalt? Because I know, uh, can, can you make road, do any road building with this stuff, or is that uh, you could? But I think at this stage, it's too valuable. Yeah, you know, there's too many other better uses for it at this stage. But at you know. Soon, when our economy goes back onto the hemp economy, we'll have, you know, that'll be like an end use after we recycle it so, many times. So let me ask you, Dion, is there a national organization lobbying Washington and, and our government oh, yeah. uh, right now? Um, oh, oh, yeah. The HIA, uh, the Hemp Industries Association, and that's why Mitch McConnell and all these other people are on board. Mm. You know, the farmers, th- this is the biggest cash crop in yeah. Canada for years, and th- 
you know, ah. and this is a game changer for well, the core of our economy. Well, that's true. David Bronner, I, I believe, said they have to buy their hemp oil from Canada and they right. have to pay a lot more for it. And, uh, you know, why why outsource it like that if we were able to raise it? Uh, well, raise well it just here? think about the housing crisis. You know, c- cannabis hemp is the best source for construction material. One acre of hemp equals one house that lasts forever. It's fireproof, bug proof. And it's just hemp, water, and lime. Wow. And it's also you know, carbon negative, right? So it yeah, actually it was, yeah, decreases yeah, carbon you, in the atmosphere. God, you so got to cleans f- the sky. This is going to be the, the game changer in, in third world countries as well as, as, totally. well as ours. Because actually yeah. some pockets of our country are, are looking, looking like a third world country. So uh, we need it here. Yeah, so, for sure. And, awesome. you know, we have a housing crisis. And, you know, hemp uh, construction is already competitive with other materials. So there's no excuse not to use it. And I hope soon it'll be illegal not to use hemp. Yeah. Well, let's hope that, uh, no, is California ahead of the curve on this? I mean, uh, actually, no. no. Sadly, you know, we just passed Prop 64, which legalized hemp use, and the state loaned all this money to the cannabinoid side of the issue mm-hmm. and have 100 employees and are doing a relatively good job implementing the law, but they put no money towards hemp, and we still don't have licenses. So we're basically losing a year that we'll never get back, and right. it's just a shame. Well, we'll get uh, Lieutenant Governor Newsom on this. I'm, I'm sure he must know something about it, but we'll have to enlighten him even further. I'm sure he'd be uh, in favor of this once he sees all the arguments and the, and the data uh, on yep. this. Uh, It'll be on display at Earth Day. That's, yep. why, that's the main reason we're doing this. And, you know, this is a reflection of the cannabis industry. You know, we're helping society, and the ACP... Is, this is an event that is bringing us together and helping everybody. Yeah. We're, you know, we're helping to l- even help uh, Earth Day go on. You know, yeah. for some reason, even though we have an ecological disaster, people's consciousness have gone downhill, and yeah. Earth Day has gone. You know, been less attended these years. When it should be the opposite, yeah. you know, we need people to stand well, up. Our, well, our Earth Fair is it's pretty well attended. I don't know about the other other cities, but um, the one in Balboa Park is pre- is pretty huge. So. Well, yeah, and they're uh, saying this is going to be like a record breaking year too, just with you know just uh, all, all the stuff going on politically and just yeah. the environmental issues. Um, what we're doing with cannabis and everything, they're saying this is going to be probably a record breaking year for them. Yeah, so get there early, folks, because it's packed, and and try to use ride sharing or and carpooling and whatever. <laughs> Last year. Last year, we tried to do a ride share. We got about as far as that Roosevelt High School, and it was bumper to bumper. And we said, let's just get out and walk. And we walked all the way, all the way down there. So, um, but um, anyway, let's give the website. So it's cannabisprofessionals.org if they want to know more about uh, Earth Fair and, and the Cannabis Village. And, um, and, and it's a free event, but we have a little VIP zone where you can come and you get a whole package of hemp goods, uh, like our a T-shirt, a poster, and, uh, you know, all the sort of hemp and, goodies. And, and of course, you're, you're supporting the cause uh, if you do get a VIP status. And yes. what does that, what will that run people, 50 bucks or something? 50 or? bucks, yes. Wow. <laughs> $50. Yeah, oh my free gosh, t-shirt, that... poster, a lot of goodies from, from all sorts of other vendors. Yeah, it's definitely a deal. It'd be a bargain free at food. twice that. Yeah. It'd be a bargain at twice the price because you're supporting a good cause. And then uh, hemptechglobal.com. Now, so what do you do day-to-day uh, in the space, uh, Dion, as far as hemp? Are you working on ha- I, hands-on I, with construction or what? Yeah, I hit 
I was just uh, working with CBD mostly, but now I'm trans, uh, transitioning just to this hemp construction. It's 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 a trillion dollar a year industry just in America. Wow. You know, so there's and it's the biggest source of pollution, the biggest source of waste. So impact wise, you know, this is the best thing I think I, I could do. And I think society really needs to. So you're, are you lobbying any builders to to uh, to use the uh, hemp products or hemp, hemp construction products? Um, oh, yeah, definitely. And oh, good. The, the proof is in the pudding. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just, a, you know, all over Europe, they're building with it. Prince Charles built a home with it. Supermarkets are nice. being made with it. So San Diego has how many homes or buildings built with hemp and um so far, just my trailer, but hopefully oh, really? the just <laughs> actually, one. actually, Balboa Park was made out of hemp materials. So oh, all the buildings over there were made out of hemp. Really? Yeah, yeah. hundred years ago, it was built, and uh, they used hemp fiber for the sort of reinforcing the concrete. Wow. Well, the exteriors, I know uh, that is. I don't think that is hemp. But anyway, we're going to come back with. I mean, we're coming back. We're going to say goodbye to <laughs> Alan Young with the Association of Cannabis Professionals. Thanks for being with us, Dion Margrave. Yeah, our absolute pleasure having you uh, with the hemp industry. Justin Hart, our board operator, thanks for making it sound terrific. Thanks to Craig Blanke and Dave Sniff here at KFMB for all their help. All these podcasts are commercial-free on iymoney.com. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.